a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The ongoing evacuation and withdrawal from Afghanistan has been chaotic and difficult and challenging on many fronts. Uh, Many of our allies and Afghan partners have voiced exasperation and despair about the situation there. There's lots of politics being played out, plenty of pointing finger and placing blame and shrugging shoulders. But there's more to talk about than just whose fault and who's to blame Uh, We need to dig a little deeper and climb a little higher to get perspective on what really matters most. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, one of the things we've got to think again about is the impact of all of this uh, that's taking place in Afghanistan has on our military veterans uh, who served alongside uh, both Afghanis and U.S. service members and allies from around the world. And so we wanted to get a little behind-the-scenes perspective in terms of that impact. Uh, Really pleased to have joining us again on the program Jenny Taylor. She's the founder of the Major Brent Taylor Foundation, Gold Star Widow of Utah Army National Guard Major Brent Taylor. Uh, And she is joined on the line with uh, Congressman Blake Moore, who represents Utah's 1st Congressional District in the House of Representatives. Thanks to both of you for jumping on today. And, uh, Jenny, let me start with you, if I can, uh, in terms of just – the outreach. Uh, what have you been hearing from Gold Star families uh, and from many of our veterans? Hey, Boyd, thanks for having this important conversation. Over the past several days, I've had a lot of conversation with other Gold Star families, with other veterans from our country, but I've also had conversations with Afghan military members who have served with our country, and there's a lot of emotions. You know, there's, there's a lot of heartache, I think all of us as Americans and just human beings watching everything unfold can feel kind of just the anguish of looking what we're seeing. There's a lot of frustration, um, questions of did it have to be this way? Could we have done it differently? Uh, Was this the the best we could do? But I agree with you in what you just said, that we can point fingers all day, and probably what we really need to do is take those fingers down and start asking pointed questions. Mm. We can go on and on and on about what we should have done or could have done or would have done, The real question is, what are we doing and what are we going to do next? Yeah, such an important uh, part of this process. And Representative Moore, uh, I know you've been hearing a lot from constituents, from others from around the state and across the country uh, in terms of the impact. uh, Again, whether that's a a veteran that uh, is Afghani uh, that sat along our forces or or someone who's been part of this 20-year battle within Afghanistan, uh, what are you hearing? Yeah, and I really appreciate it's an honor to be on with, with uh, Jenny as well. Uh, but I appreciate her use of the word anguish. I mean, our team's been feeling it. And I've said this to folks before, like, there's been a lot of backlog in processing passports the last several months. And, you know, we're getting, we've been able to help families get to Costa Rica. Great. You know, it's like those, 
we are dealing with life and death situations now, and the the, the, the toll this has played on folks in our in our just in our just in the first district. Mm-hmm. We've got a broad scope of veterans and families in Utah, and and we're trying to help help them evacuate. Like the, the most real situation that I can kind of point to was the other night. I got a text message at about 1:30 a.m. from one of our lead caseworkers and said, "I just got a call from one of these families." You know the individual and their family. They got their they got their visas. They have their flight orders, and we were like kind of celebrating. And we woke up to the briefing that you couldn't even get passage through to the airport. Um, and so it's just been just there's been a lot of of anguish to to, to sift through and, and just try to help folks. Yeah, and that's such an important part of is, is when you break it down. Sometimes I think we we get lost in all of the numbers uh, and the numbers are so vast. And we look at the images on the screen of just countless people surrounding the airport and in, in Kabul uh, that are struggling. And sometimes it's just hard to wrap your head around the numbers, but then you break it down to individuals and to families uh, and the conversation gets very different very quickly. And I think it's important for all of us to remember that part of the humanity of it all uh, Jenny, I wanted to ask you, um, because you have such a great perspective on this, uh, many people have uh, that I've been speaking with have talked about how many of our veterans haven't said a whole lot because they're really trying to process a lot. And rather than going up and asking them how they feel about their service or their family's sacrifice, uh, we should just really ask them, how are you today? Yeah, it's so much to process, Boyd. I mean, think about this. For the last 20 years, we've been at war. We have people from our state who have deployed and come back and sent their son or daughter to this same war. We have people who've deployed several times. We have people who've been on the ground here in, at home, you know, doing support missions. We have people who've served in all kinds of capacities. And for the past 20 years, we've celebrated them. We've celebrated their service. Every time my husband or his friend soldiers left to the Middle East, we sent them off with flags and a parade. We brought them back with big hugs and balloons at the airport. And now all of a sudden, it's almost as if everyone's wondering if that is changing. We're doubting ourselves. We're wondering if we did any good. We're wondering if it was ever worth it. We wonder if we should have been there. And I, I think most of America knows how I feel on that, that it's absolutely worth it, that we can't afford to doubt, that, of course, we've got to stand up for what's right. But I am concerned about our military members and their families and other surviving families who might genuinely wonder, was this all for nothing? Yeah. Or should I have done more? Or could I have done more? And the guilt that they feel in seeing, you know, for you and me, Boyd, and, and Congressman, it's, it's images of people. Like you said, it's a swarm of people. Well, for people who've been there, some of those are their friends. Yeah. They're their colleagues. They're their coworkers. And so I, I, I agree military personnel are famous for not really wanting to talk about things. We, we all joke about our grandfathers from World War II who never really talked about before. Right. And so we do need to be sensitive and careful and not just bombard them with, you know, demanding they speak to everything. But I think it's, it's important for all of us who love our military men and women and our veterans to make sure we're aware, to make sure we're sensitive, and to make sure that we're just kind of keeping an eye out for them and giving them exactly what you said and that's the space and time to process this. I know I've been processing it with the rest of America since the end, you know, this past weekend. And my thoughts and feelings have evolved and changed and, yeah. and being able to think about it and talk about it and, and being able to give voice to it, knowing that that's maybe not the final conclusion. Maybe how I feel right now is what I need to feel right now. 
And then I can work through that and hopefully get to a better point of peace and a better point of understanding. And I think that's why it's so important that we just kind of be there for each other. I've I've said in speeches before, there's only 1% of America that currently serves in a uniform. That means there's 99% of us that don't, which means there's 99% of us who should be able to have their backs. There's 99 of us for every one of them. They should never feel alone. We should be there to support them, to love them, to thank them, and to honor their service regardless of the outcome. They did what they needed to do. They did what they were asked to do. And I think most importantly, we need to remember they did what they were willing to do. Yeah. They went to these wars because they believed it was worth it. Now, now most people like my husband who died in these wars didn't know how it would end. They didn't say, hey, yeah, I'm willing to die as long as we win. They yeah. went anyway. And so we just need to be so sensitive to that considerate, thoughtful, and and just really sensitive to the fact that this is going to take us all a while to process yeah. and to work through probably every emotion in the book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Representative Moore, just real quickly as we uh, wind down today, uh, I know you, you mentioned your team's been working around the clock trying to, to be helpful in those cases. Is there anything else you're seeing or sensing or things that uh, we should know about as it relates to make sure we're helping everybody we can? Well, one thing that that Jenny and I have spoken with recently just yesterday was like the the stress that some of these veterans are going to feel of almost a personal responsibility. I do want folks to know that there is a broad effort going and there is progress being made and, and, you know, and and to take it away from the individual and up into the numbers, uh, just just 5,700 individuals evacuated in the last 24 hours uh, to date over 17,000. They're expecting this is a this is an expectation, but it's the most recent information we have. About eight to nine thousand people can be potentially evacuated per per twenty four hour time period. Um, the ambassador, the former ambassador to Afghanistan, he's working on the ground with folks. That this, this, this there's two big struggles here. It's it's the airport, it's the mob that's yeah. there. It's, it's it's hard to get into and access the airport, but it's also still some bureaucratic red tape along with these refugee applications. And and um, getting those done, I mean, these folks don't have scanners. They're, they, the records have been destroyed, and we're, there's still a requirement to, to make that take place. And so those are some of the challenges we're working with. But okay. um, we are working with, with being able to, to, to process this and get people out. And there's a, at least a flow. It's not as steady or as much as we'd like, and uh, at least there's a flow of this. Okay, great insight. Uh, Congressman Blake Moore and uh, Jenny Taylor, thank you for joining us today. And I I think one of the things we have to keep in mind uh, is, you know, back before 2001, the thought of having a woman, uh, not just with a seat at the table, but helping to draft a constitution for Afghanistan, to have a whole generation, 20 years of young women educated, engaged, entrepreneurs, business leaders, that's going to make a difference, and I think that is going to be something we all need to watch and think again about for Afghanistan moving forward. Uh, much more to come on this. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me, and this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.